Hey, hey everyone, welcome to the Texas Outlaw Running Talk Show. This is your host, Briston Rains. I'm the founder, owner, and Texas Division Race Director here at Texas Outlaw Running. This episode you're about to listen to is known as Shooting the Bull. Shooting the Bull episodes release every Monday and we shoot the bull about running, fitness, and life itself. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave us a rating. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy this show of us shooting the bull. Asher, you look like you need to drink some of my coffee I got here, dude. Dude, I've been off the coffee game for like four weeks. I've only been drinking tea in the mornings. Sheesh. Bro, honestly, so I don't know. You know who Cy is off Duck Dynasty? So he uh, apparently went to this doctor on a TV show, and you know he drinks tea all the time. And the doctor t- told him that the tea is actually pretty good for him because it has all the antioxidants in there. And so prior to this, I'd only drink water and coffee. But now I'm drinking water, coffee, and unsweet tea. Yes, sir. I like it. Come on. Dude, honestly, that was kind of why I hopped on the tea game because in that episode of – I remember – I know what you're talking about. In that episode, they talked about um, he went and had his, his like kidneys tested. Or something, and they said that the doctor told him that he had the kidneys of like a thirty-year-old, and he's like seventy-six or something. So it's all that tea he's drinking. Come on, man, good stuff. Hop on that tea game. Tea game, yeah, bro. There's something about it. I think I just don't. Whenever I drink tea in place of coffee, I don't crash as I don't. I don't have a crash on coffee, but I don't have this like really. I'm so caffeinated that I'm like jittery. That doesn't happen Same. when I'm on coffee or I mean when I'm on tea, but uh, it does when I'm on coffee. So mm. yeah, I've been enjoying the switch. So not me, bro. I don't know what it is. I actually had a doctor and a guy who makes coffee on the podcast when we first started talking about the benefits of coffee as far as health and running. And when I had them on, I said, I don't really get the crazy big benefits. Like, yeah, like I get I might be more energetic for like an hour or two, but I'm not jittery or anything. Like that doesn't happen to me. Um, yeah. And sometimes I could just crash and sleep and it doesn't even feel like I even had any coffee. And uh, they said it has to do with like, from what I remember, it has to do with your body's response to caffeine and stuff. And sometimes people have this certain um, genetic or something to where, your body doesn't respond to caffeine it's kind of rare i guess but i mean i think it works like i do get energetic but i don't get like crazy you know you probably also never like over consumed in a day uh like i probably have so that's a good thing Uh, yeah yeah um yeah but hey shout out to black rifle coffee though they're not endorsing this, but I just had some of their coffee. It's pretty good. So yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, well, yeah. Speaking of uh, performance enhancing drugs like caffeine, you said you wanted to talk a little bit about yeah. the p the peds in the trail community. So yeah, dude, this is kind of crazy. So um, I was looking in the American Trail Running Association. Hey, shout out to them. You know. Let me, before we talk about this, let me say this real quick. I feel like there's so many people trying to do good things in the trail running community, but they're dogged on and they're disrespected. Um, and 
I will say this American Trail Running Association, you know, I've heard people, a race director and a big race director that I'm friends with in the past, he says, you know, they're trying to be a governmental organization over trail and ultra running. And they're not, they're trying to have some type of um, association over trail and ultra running. So that way it can be brought and put together. And everybody gets their, our, our liability insurance through them. Like if you look at their liability insurance list, all the race companies, most race companies, including Western States is on there. Okay. Um, but they have a good trail running conference they put on every year. And I've been for two years now. Yes. Is it left wing left leaning a little bit, you know, they're into, um, a little bit more left leaning things than I am, but it's still good. Um, that's okay. But anyways, so before anyone dogs on the trail running association, they're a good organization and they're a nonprofit. I think they're a nonprofit. Anyways, so they published an article, um, says call for a clean sport, con- conversation and trail running. And they're just talking about how there's a lack of drug testing within trail and ultra running. Like I can't think of a big race that I've been to, including Bandera where they have drug testing and I could be wrong. But um, they're talking about how UTMB, like they don't even really even have a drug testing thing. They said that there's um, a courts program. It's a health screening, but it's not even really a, a drug testing program. And that's the biggest trail and ultraing race in the world is the UTMB. Yet there's no drug testing um, within that. And it's just, it goes back to trail and ultra running being like a low key sport and how like, um, there's hundreds of thousands of people do it, but there's no regulations on it. Right. So, right. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. And it makes me think, you know, that guy that was a cycler that did drugs. I can't think of his name. Really well-known guy. Um, oh, Lance Armstrong, Lance Armstrong, you know, whenever he, um, won that race, that big race and he ended up hot. do what? The Tour de France. Yeah, the Tour de France, and he ended up getting caught. Um, and it's just sad, dude. Uh, just the lack of integrity within the yeah. people in the sport. And the fact that they're not doing regulations. And honestly, after reading this article, I was like, okay, because we are doing one championship race this year. I was low-key thinking, I was like, since there is prize money on the table, get them out. I was like, yeah, we might do some drug screening or something, you know? Right. Um, just like drug test, but we'll see. We'll see what we actually end up doing because I don't even know if it's going to be that big yet. But um, yeah, dude, you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. So it says here that um, the WADA, which is the World Athletics Drug Administration, um, so they do. I know they do all the, you know, the drug testing for track and field, um, cross country, uh, road racing, stuff like that. Um, it says they're just starting to get into, um, it does exist in trail running. Um, but it's only at like the high, high standard, uh, mountain racing events where, um, athletes from, from competing countries have to come together and race one another. So that kind of makes sense because it's more of a nat or an international event, but like you're saying for some of these, uh, smaller races, that still, you know, 
if you win, you get a certain amount of prize money. They, you know, drug testing is not prevalent. And so I don't know, it's just, it's sort of an interesting topic because, you know, we have pro athletes and all these other um, sports that have to submit to, you know, random drug testing and then drug testing so far out of their events. um, So many days out from their events. Um, But we don't see that in trail running. So I think it's probably due to the fact that, Ultra running in general is just a smaller sport, but um, it is on the rise. And, you know, you and I know that. So at some point, we're probably going to need uh, a governing body to implement, um, you know, normalized drug testing, which I think will be a good thing for the sport. I mean, it says right here in the article that, you know, the two, the male and female winner of one big race in Europe, I think. Let's see. Yeah, uh, the male and female champion, champions of the, one of the world's most famous trail races, the Sierra Zinal, um, both failed a drug test following wow. the race. So think about um, how many people are low key drug testing, and we just don't know. Yeah, um, I will drugs. say, and I looked, I just looked it up. So Western states they do do drug testing through WADA. Yeah. It's WADA certified. <laughs> WADA <laughs> makes you think of Whataburger. Um, <laughs> Uh, they do do drug testing and it's like a thing to where everyone or I don't think everyone, but um, probably like the top group, they do pee in a bottle and then it may get tested is what they said. So they probably mm-hmm. just hold it off to see like Q1 and then test it after or something. So, right. Yeah. But anyways, well, that's, yeah. So that I, I thought that was just kind of interesting. Um, and, you know, I'd really like to know like, um, what people or what people that have run races, won races in the past, if they were, you know, drugging or something. And like you said, even local races do like, it's kind of sad, but imagine like this guy who wins, he like injected, I don't even know. EPO or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, dude. I'll just, I'm gonna stick to my caffeine drug use. Um, <laughs> that kind of works good for me whenever I go to the gym. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Maybe running. I could pop off some quick, quick miles after your coffee. Um, but yeah, dude, stick with the legal drugs. Go caffeine. Yeah, uh, I think it's funny that you, you know people will turn to drugs just to. I mean, it, it's almost like you're not getting the most out of yourself. You're you know using something to help you, uh, like cheat. It's not getting the most out of yourself. You're just cheating straight up. Um, it's not what you could produce. You had to look for something else to help you produce something you couldn't already produce. So, um, you know, it just, it dogs on the sport and I think it really dogs on other people. Yeah, exactly. It's unfortunate in any situation. Like I personally never, ever think about when I thought about like, Oh, what, you know, what could I uh, potentially achieve if I were to take drugs? But it's like, that's a hypothetical. I'm never actually going to go out and uh and do that which you know it's easy for me to say but nobody really knows until you know the proof is you know in the pudding so hey so you might think i'm stupid for saying this but one of the drugs i use are my craft let me go see what they are real quick hold on (laughs) i think i think briston has some in there um so craft this sent me these free pair of shoes free dude Shout out to Craft Sportswear. This was a while, while back when they sent them. Um, but 
Okay, so let's go back to cross. No, beginning of track season this season. So two months ago. So we do a three mile time trial, and I put these shoes on, and I haven't worn them since like a five kb I ran like six months ago. I put these shoes on, dude. I feel like I'm walking on a cloud. And by the way, this is not sponsored. They sent me some shoes, and I'm telling you what happened. I felt like I was walking on a cloud, dude. They were so lightweight. And then we start the race, and I feel good, bro. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go six-minute pace. I ended up like knocking out like 540 pace. And I get to a couple laps to go, and I'm about to beat this guy on my team. And Because I usually lose every time trial every year. Unless there's like a guy who comes in out of shape. Uh, and my coach, he says, I think it's the shoes. And I was like, yeah, I think so too. Um, anyway, so I finished and I ran like a 17, 20, three mile time trial. Like it's pretty good for coming in for track season. And dude, those shoes, pff, I'm going to be racing in those, man. If I ever do a road race or anything, those are the yeah. shoes I'm wearing. So anyways. Um, the shoes themselves, though, like seriously, you can get some shoes that will just make you a di- completely different runner. I usually run in ultras, and they're usually just heavy shoes, but I just wear them as trainers. I wear them every day when I run. They're good shoes. I love ultra. Um, and I got the ultra outroads, if you're curious. But when I put on these craft shoes, dude, I went from bricks to clouds, bro. And I was zooming. Anyways, that's enough of that. Hey, speaking of cycling, Asher and I... Just signed up for the Hotter in Hell 100 in Wichita Falls in August. It's a 100-mile bike race. And I know this is a running show, but let me tell you something, man. And I thought this is really – I really like this. So if you look at the guy who wins Western States every year, Jim Walmsley, during the winter for like three months, guess what he's doing? Cross-country skiing, oh. which is different. He's giving his legs rest, but he's still working his – heavy breathing going up and down mountains, right? And he's working his legs in different ways. Like, yeah, he's still walking, but it's different than running. And I was thinking, dude, I was like, okay, here in the South, like up in the winter in the North, they're always, go, they go to cross country skiing whenever they're done with the season or whatever. Or, and you know, they, they, they take three months off of running and do something else. And I believe that allows them to develop their air capacity whenever they're breathing like their breathing capacity um without putting so much rough and dirt on their legs to where their legs are exhausted year round so it gives their legs rest like their running legs i should say and i was thinking dude what if this became a thing in the south but in the south in the summer i don't want to go freaking run dude it's like it feels like 115 especially here in magnolia arkansas where i'm living right now dude it feels like a dang swamp down here and you even told me when you came down for a long run you felt like you were breathing through a rag so i don't want to hear it and so i was thinking dude what if this summer i didn't run maybe like okay maybe like a couple miles every other day or whatever right but what if i just didn't run and i cycled all summer and then I hopped in the running back in like September. I hopped back into running. I wonder if that would achieve the same results that we see with these athletes who live in the northern states where they take a couple months off and do ski training or whatever. It's cross yeah. training, right? And let me tell you this. There's been times where I've gotten injured for a couple months. 
and I got on that freaking bike, dude, and I would go ham, bro. I would go hard doing intervals on these bikes, hurting, and then I would come back. I remember this happened in high school. I got super fit and running, got injured, but I, I would grind on this indoor bike, bro, for like two hours a day, sitting there sweating and grinding my butt off on this bike. And then two or three months later, I have my first track beat, and like I just started running like a week ago. And I bust out like a 504 mile, get, I get a PR. And when I finished the race, I, I literally was like, that was easy. Like a 504 mile was, oops, sorry, I got too excited. A 504 mile was easy, bro. Off of bike training. Yeah. Just training on a bike for two months straight. Yeah. I don't get better than that, man. So anyways, um, yeah, but I, I don't know how we got off on that track, but we'll, we're going to be doing this bike race. I don't even have a bike, but we're going to make it work. Um, so, yeah. You got anything on that? You better not show up to the hotter than hell on that little dinky mountain bike that we have. Dude, I'm thinking, yeah, I got a Walmart mountain bike. I kind of use it for course marking whenever, whenever we do races. It's pretty nice for that, honestly. Um, but, dude... No. I put some road tires on that mountain bike, bro. Put some clips on it. I think we'll be good to go, bro. Listen, this guy, Chad Wright, he just got done doing, he's performing every seal. He just got doing this big bike race in Florida. And he just showed up on like a piece of crap bike. So, hey. But at the same time, I'm going to be thinking in my head, man, I'm not going to be able to reach my full potential like everybody else because they're on these super lightweight, fast bikes and they turn one pedal and it's like just kicking their leg out. And then for me, when I turn a pedal, it's like molasses, but you know, yeah. Anyway, well, I'm sure you'll figure it out between now and then I would recommend personally getting a road bike, but you got to do you. So, right. yeah. Hey, I did want to put this out there too. Cause I, I got it together. I, I haven't voiced it yet, but as far as my running future, if you, you don't know already, the farthest distance I've ran is at 50K with Asher. So in the future, the plan is I want my first ever race to be the Grasslands in North Texas. This is because in high school, the Grasslands was always on my list. I always wanted to go and run the Grasslands, but the, there, there was always something that came up on that date. And it's the 50-mile race. I've always wanted to do that since I was 16 years old in high school, and I haven't done it yet. So I want that to be my first 50 mile race. So next year, Lord willing, March of 2024. Jeez, man, we're getting old. <laughs> Not really. Time's just going by quick. It seems like, um, yeah, March of uh, March of 2024. I'm planning to do the Grasslands, Lord willing, and so that's kind of what's on my radar right now is the Grasslands. Um, pretty much a year from now, like a year and one month from now. That's what I'm going to train for. Uh, but first, I'm training for the Solder and Hell 100 all summer. And then after that, we're going to get in the grasslands training So for the 50-mile race. Yes, sir. So anyways, you got anything else? To go, yeah, I was going to say your plan is to go 50 miles, 100K, and then 100 miles, right? Yep. I want to do 100K at Bandera after that, and then I want to do the Arkansas Travel 100 after that. This is all uh, going to be a two-, three-year process. Yeah, but it'll come. And you know what's fun, man? I can sit, I can like live my day to day, and it's always fun having something to look forward to in the future. 100%. And so, like, and I'm patient for it too. So, just knowing 
listen, like just one thing at a time, like knowing, okay, I got this bike race. I could get to go ride. I get to go ride, right? Like, dude, this is, this is going to be amazing. It's the biggest bike race in the nation. It's going to be sweet, man. And then I get to go run this 50 mile race. I've been wanting to do since I was in high school. There's a lot of meaning in that, bro. And then I'm going to go get, get to do this hundred K race that I want to do. It's the one of my, it's, it's one of the best hundred K races I've seen in Texas, dude. 250 K loops, beautiful hill country. Come on, man. Yeah. And then the Arkansas Traveler 100, because I came to Arkansas not knowing much about it, and I ended up exploring a lot of it and finding the beauty of Arkansas and how much of a beautiful state it truly is. And it's the cousin to Texas. It's Texas's cousin, man. And Arkansas just means a lot. I went to college here. I found my wife here. I got married here. I got family here, because you're my family, and my wife's family's here, right? So I got all my family here, man. And Arkansas just means a lot to me. The Watchtals are beautiful. The Ozarks are beautiful. Um, and I want to go running them for 100 miles. Sounds like a good plan, bro. Yeah, man. I think we're going over way over time here, but that's all right. Um, you got anything else before we hop off, Asher? Nope. Um, keep running, y'all. Happy trails. Hope yep. y'all are out there grinding. And hopefully you take Brisson's advice. And I think there's a lot of sound wisdom in it. Cross train, cross train, cross train. Right. Yep. Yeah. I need to do more of that, honestly. But yeah. All right. Yep. Well, thanks for listening, y'all. Uh, we'll talk to y'all next Monday on Shooting the Bull. If you enjoyed the episode, leave a rating. I ask, please leave a rating.